Welcome to the Bleacher Hangout. Today it is June 7th, Wednesday, and uh, obviously tonight would be Game 3 of the Nuggets and Heat NBA Finals. We're also going to talk Game 1 and 2, and then we're going to be talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I am recording it on Monday, so it's currently Game 2 at the moment. The Knights are up 2-0 at the end of the first period. They're still looking strong. They ended, obviously, game one and the three goals in the third period. I mean, yeah, they they stood their own in game one. Florida wanted to come out and, uh, yeah, kind of wanted to be really physical, had several uh, fights and everything, but Vegas stood their ground and was able to uh, to kind of prevail. I mean, the, the goal from Zach Whitecloud uh, with 13 minutes left in the game, obviously that was the go-ahead goal. And, uh, yeah, they didn't look back from there. I mean, they stayed strong on defense and everything. And, again, so far in this game as well, looking real good. Real good. I had a – I want Florida to win, but I think uh, I think Vegas probably in five at this point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, talking a little bit about the NBA, I have a lot to say about that. Uh, obviously, uh, Nuggets winning game one looked really dominant in that game throughout the whole thing. Didn't really – didn't really have any hiccups during that game. Didn't allow the Heat to come back in and everything. It was a very bad game from uh, oh Caleb uh, Caleb Martin. Didn't really have a good game. Uh, yeah, Max Struess did not really have a good game. Game one, I think it was like zero and ten. Yeah, they looked completely flat. And then game two, real game changer. Uh, came out in the first quarter. I mean, looked pretty dominant, and then Denver just came on on a run. I think it was like a 40 to 14 run. And again, it looked like this kind of same thing, but this time the heat showed up, the people off the bench able to make the shots and everything. I mean, Gabe Vincent, 21 or 23, Jimmy Butler at the end, he had 21. Bam Adebayo had 21 as well. I mean, everyone looked completely on point when they needed to during that game for the heat. I mean, Duncan Robinson, shout out Michigan guy, had 10 points. I mean, in the first like three minutes of the fourth quarter to go down five, I think to up three. They, they really didn't look uh, back from there. I mean, they almost allowed Denver back in the game and almost to take it to OT. I mean, with Jamal Miller, he had a good opportunity to uh, hit that shot. I mean, it wasn't the best look, but... He had an opportunity, obviously didn't make it, and uh, going back to South Beach for Game 3 will be later tonight. And uh, I'm thinking Denver takes Game 3, and then Miami's going to be coming back strong in Game 4 again. Kind of similar of how the first two games went. Having a platform like this and everything to kind of talk about, I think, the issues of what I think. Are complete bullshit with the NBA and everything. They they flop way too much. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous of what's called a foul nowadays. I mean, we're, I, when I ever played basketball in high school, I mean, half the shit that they do in the NBA now, I mean, it would be not even close to be called a foul. And I remember the uh, Caldwell Pope when uh, Gabe Vincent was coming off the screen and, uh, against a Bam Bio and he hit like Bam's hit and like Caldwell Pope like barely tapped him and they called that a foul because of how elaborate Vincent flopped. I mean, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I think what they need to do is they need to kind of implement 
kind of what college has done for the past like year is the flop rule. I mean, I don't see why they haven't done that yet. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I just looks so bad for the game that you can't even be a little physical without it. Like someone like dying on the thing. It's like Namor on, on the soccer field. That's what it feels like to this point. I mean, it's just getting worse the more they allow to do it. So I think that definitely needs to change. I mean, in the near future, I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's kind of my little rant about that. I've been, I've been saying that for the, like so many, so long. And then, uh, yeah, the rest too. I think they need to be held accountable for a lot of shit as well. I mean, they can just call fouls that aren't really fouls and just get away with it. Like they have no uh, repercussions. I know they obviously probably have to do like some kind of bullshit report at the end, but does any of that like kind of like really fucking matter? Cause they're still going to do the same fucking shit. Like Scott Foster, I think what it was for like the famous Chris Paul stat, he's like one in 13 when Scott Foster is uh, refing a game and, and hit with him in the playoffs or something. Crazy. But I think for game three, uh, it's kind of need to be similar for uh, game one for Denver. Uh, I want Denver to win the series. I think they uh, predicted uh, Denver in six. And, uh, yeah, Michael Porter Jr., they need to have a better game. Caldwell Pope needs to have a better game than, he did, than both of those guys did in game two. Again, Aaron Gordon – He's a really good contributor. Uh, I think the best thing that the Heat did, I mean, the, uh, they let Jokic have 41 points, but he only had four assists the whole game. He took away, like, half of his game. And I think that was, like, a really deciding factor that, yeah, you can allow him uh shoot away and make all these shots, but they're not going to allow him to just, like, command the floor like he always does. And the defense was spectacular in that way. So I think it's going to be a really interesting game three of how uh, they both come out. If like Miami comes out cold or anything like that, but I mean, I think Denver is going to come out strong in game three and really make up for what happened in game two. And uh, yeah, right as that happened, uh, Vegas going up three nil now against the uh, the Panthers in game two. Uh, yeah, going to be an early night, I think. But uh, we'll be back with Friday, uh, kind of recapping game uh, game three. Uh, of the NBA Finals, and then, um, I mean, unless this game changes, we'll be recapping uh, this one and Game 3 as well of the uh, the NHL, the Stanley Cup uh, Final. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take it to myself here in a bit, and we're going to be talking a little bit of eSports. I'm a big fan of it, and uh, we'll be getting into that in just a moment. back everybody uh we're gonna be talking some esports now uh like i said at the bit at the first episode um the two esports that i really like is uh call of duty even though i don't play it that often and uh overwatch uh and i uh, have started been playing that for like the past like two years i think uh, i've been really watching it for the past two years as well it's kind of a funny story so uh Tyler will really get this one. Uh, worked at uh, Barry's workout studio um, there uh, together, and uh, we had uh, our manager, Jimmy. And uh, on the weekends, uh, we would always watch uh, football and everything, and he actually watched Overwatch. And uh, I, I kind of started to watch it with him. I was like, this seems kind of actually in- interesting. And then uh, over time, I watched it a little bit, and then COVID happened, and then uh, 
left that job and then uh yeah kind of back in probably at the end of 2021 I started rewatching it and I have like watched it ever since uh so I watched the 2021 and uh 2022 season of Overwatch uh really started getting to Call of Duty this year um with everything um about it as well I think it's just I think it's just so interesting of like the coordination behind the guys and the coordination for the the Call of Duty and Overwatch because uh, the Call of Duty guys they play off the the controller itself, which is kind of crazy. And then the Overwatch guys they play off the the keyboard. It's a it's a very PC game. I play off the uh, Xbox. Makes it a little bit harder, but why watch esports and everything like that? I think one of the things behind esports and watching it is the guys that do it are like so emotional about it and everything like that. Like it is such a competitive sport to be in. Like we like so many people play video games nowadays, but and these are like some of the top guys in these particular games itself. Um, obviously call of duty is a little bit more straightforward with um, you're just trying to kill each other. I mean, you obviously have the different kinds of match matches like, Hardpoint, Control, uh, S&D, so that plays a little bit of factor into it, but I think, like, the thing I really enjoy about Overwatch is, especially playing it, it's so hard to play it. Like, you have, I don't know, 40, 50 different characters. Um, you have three categories. You have the um, DPS is damage, a tank, and uh, support. So, obviously, damage, you're d dealing more damage, don't have a lot of health. Tank, um trying to do damage you have a big health bar but you don't um put out that much damage on them and then obviously support it's a combination you don't put a lot of damage but you're your majority of the time you're there to heal your team but within each of those categories you have different characters that play different parts and each character has different abilities and everything like that and i find it like crazy of the combinations that they come up with um on the overwatch league And that's what I, I really enjoy about watching it is um, kind of the creativity that goes behind it because a really strong duo that's on right now is Sombre and uh, May. And those ones are like kind of, those ones are very like two different ones, but again, there's um really good combination together. Uh, that with, um, I think they usually play it with the Winston, um, which is a, uh, a good a good tank person as well. My favorite one I, that I play as is uh, Lucio. That one is kind of like I think one of the majority of the straightforward characters. Uh, I love Sojourn as damage, and uh, I think the main tank one I play is is Reinhardt. Um, I love swing swinging the hammer. Uh, you know, it's it's always fun to do that, um, and then, uh, that was kind of I just wanted to at that point before we get uh talk a little bit more about the um the teams and everything like that and uh yeah i think uh just kind of to go over uh obviously kind of late to the party but uh the new york subliners uh won the major five tournament for call of duty and the next one up call of duty championship itself it's kind of it's already set bracket and uh we'll be uh reviewing that uh next week as well i think it's gonna be really interesting obviously the la thieves won last year it was a really good tournament uh 
beat the brakes off the uh, Atlanta phase. I think they're trying to uh, to get back there as well. The phase look really good. I mean, there's really not a tournament that they don't look good in. The last tournament that I was at is, was the uh, Toronto Ultra, and they look they look hit or miss. Like if they have a really good weekend, they could they could really do some damage. Uh, in Major Four, they weren't impressive at all, but Major Five, they uh, they were able to do some work, and uh, looking forward to that as well. And then, um, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit, uh, recapping Overwatch. They uh, this past weekend they had the uh, so uh, just kind of recapping the uh, Spring Stage knockouts. So these were to qualify to go to uh, Seoul, Korea uh, next weekend as well. So it's, we're going to have uh, both the Call of Duty and the Midseason Madness uh, on the same weekend. And uh, it's going to be really interesting because those are going to be some busy nights because it's uh, obviously being in Seoul, I think they start at like 7, 8 o'clock Central Time and they go to like 2 a.m. Um, so really busy weekend there. Uh, so the Houston Outlaws and the Atlanta Reign, they have already qualified for it. And, uh, yeah, I just want to go over, I mean, just teams because at the beginning of the year, it was kind of chaotic because we didn't, they didn't know if, um, Overwatch 2 was going to be banned on the, uh, Chinese servers, uh, over there, but they, they luckily were not, um, even though the uh, Jundu Hunters, they're no longer part of Overwatch right now. So in the East, uh, you, you still do have uh, the Shanghai Dragons, uh, the Seoul Dynasty, the Hangzhou Spark, the Guangzhou Charge, the Seoul Inferno, which is obviously uh, previously known as the uh, Philadelphia Fusion, and the Dallas Fuel have made the switch. From the North America over to the East, uh, they really wanted to accommodate a uh, majority of their plays because they are uh, majority of them are Korean and everything. So uh, they thought that was necessary to make that, and I don't think it's like a bad thing. Um, they haven't looked really well at all. They obviously got rid of some people. I mean, they've kept Edison, Sparkle, and uh, Hanbin, and they've obviously added some. Uh, they've added some uh, pretty good support. Uh, MCD from Boston, and then. Uh, bliss and obviously he's from uh the contenders the o2 uh blast um but they haven't really looked strong um at all this year from the the west thing uh atlanta and houston have um already qualified i mean atlanta like i like i was saying uh dallas obviously and then changing and i think with the chinese servers like they weren't they're really hesitant on if those teams were going to be able to do it so it shook up like so many rosters. I mean, almost pretty much all the rosters, except like a couple teams didn't add too many people. But I mean, it's crazy. So I just want to go kind of down the thing. So Atlanta, they've already qualified um, for it. You have uh, on the DPS, you have Lip from the Shanghai Dragons, Stalker from the the Dynasty. Still have Hawk there. You have uh, Dong Hong. Uh, from uh, contenders as well. And then um, with the support, you have Fielder and Geo, both from the Fuel. I mean, and they have looked phenomenal. I mean, um, them on the, the Lucio, Ana kind of trio, uh, they look so good. I think they're going to be impressive uh, during that tournament. And then Houston, they, uh, they obviously, again, got rid of people and added people. The only person that they've kept 
was Pelican. On uh, DPS, uh, added Happy from the Gladiators. They added a Fantastic Tank, Fearless, from the Fuel as well. And then uh, Shoe and Violet, both from the Gladiators and Shock as well. So again, another team, another new look with everything. And it's it's been really well. I mean, uh, Fearless, it plays a phenomenal Winston. And I think Violet, I'm pretty sure he's like one of the best Lucio players in the league. Uh, he looked really good. And, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite players is the Lucio uh, on it. It's really easy to use. And um, so, obviously, for over the past weekend, uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of the East um, bracket. I know they did a lot with, like, almost, like, what the uh, West did and, like, the Pro-Am. They had a lot of contender teams. Um buying for an opportunity to actually go to the mid-season madness. Um, unfortunately, none of them did. The uh, Dreamers were one of them that uh, the Hangzhou Spark uh, beat. And so uh, so with uh, with that Hangzhou Spark, uh, again, a lot of different names on this team. You have uh, Leave, Shy, 20, Monk, and uh, Liger. All they've... So far, what I've heard, uh, they've, they've looked really well. Um, I think the team that's kind of surprised the most was the soul um inferno i mean i the uh, fusion obviously same name uh, they had a really good uh end to the season end to the season last year with um zest mn3 and then they added mag uh, fixa skewed um again they're looking to be a predominant team i know the interesting thing with, with this tournament, especially, is not one of these teams have won a major ever. So it'll be the first time that one of these teams have actually won a, a really big tournament. So, uh, yeah, I find that uh, really cool because uh, we'll obviously be seeing some really good reactions uh, live um, from these teams, especially, like, after they win their matches and everything. But going into this past weekend, it was um, – you thought it was not going to be like a straight up weekend you had the uh to start it off you had the shock beat vancouver in a five game series three to two um then you had the new york excelsior uh, defeat toronto defiant which toronto's team on paper is so stacked but they look absolutely terrible as a team so far and i mean just listing off those players, I mean, Sam, Hydron, Speedly, Kaluge, OG, Ultraviolet. I mean, you have all these names from all these other teams because it's a brand new team here. And I thought they would be almost electric, one of some of the best peoples on, on it. And they just couldn't do anything with it. So that was uh, really disappointing with them. And then... um yeah, which it was kind of a surprising thing to start off. I mean, the Gladiators 3-0'd the Florida Mayhem. I mean, Florida Mayhem was uh, the third, I think it was the third best team uh, at the end of the portion of this qualifier matches. And so that was really surprising to start off the weekend. And then, um, yeah, the Boston uh, Uprising Washington Justice, that was a great match. Uh Boston haven't looked good for several years. They look fantastic this year. Again, gonna it's going to be a very repetitive thing. New year, whole new team. Um, 
They got Stryker, Decay, Schmer, Smurf, uh, Kilios, uh, Lige Jean, uh, Zaki, and uh, Twilight. I mean, they are stacked on every position. If they have to take someone out and put someone else in, they can. And they're just going to be as good as, as they are in the beginning. So that was a really good match as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Toronto being out of it right away and Vancouver being out of it right away. Uh, kind of surprising. And then, um, yeah, going on to Saturday, we had uh, the Florida Mayhem. Took a, looked a lot better against the San Francisco Shock. Beat them 3-1. I think, uh, yeah, Florida, their team, also stacked as well. I mean, I'm pretty much saying this about everything. I mean, I think it's just like the combination of all these players on the right team and everything can be so well because Florida was one of those teams that were mid mid uh, standings last year, but uh, adding merit and uh, and Joe uh, wrong uh, to their team. I mean, they could it really uh, added to it as well. And then yeah, Washington Justice. Uh, just kind of clobbered New York Excelsior 3-0 um, in their match. But the one guy I want to say, I want to give a talk about is Shockwave. Uh, Danish player, again, from a contender's uh, team as well. Uh, he looks, yeah, he looks so good on the DPS. I mean, his uh, Hanzo and um, May, fantastic shit. And then the next match, obviously, between the Boston Uprising and the Los Angeles uh, Gladiators, this was uh, the winner of this one already, like, qualified already, and that was uh, Boston 3-0'd the Gladiators. And like I said, like, this team has not been good in several years, and they have looked like the best they have ever looked since I've watched it. I mean, you just remember, you just remember at a time where – if you had a team and you, if I was watching, I'd be like, oh, they're playing Boston. It's not going to be a match. It's most likely going to be 3-0, 3-1, and that's it. Like, they did not have many wins and everything like that. So it's kind of uh, – it's good to see them up there and, yeah, looking for uh, their first um, major ch- uh, title. And then, um, yeah, going on to Sunday to uh, figure out that last quali- qualifier and uh, – Florida Mayhem took care of business against the Washington Justice 3-1. Again, Merritt, I think when he's one of the top DPS players, uh, his Hanzo is incredible. Also, his sword drawn is um, phenomenal as well. Rupal, he played a big part in these two matches against the Justice and the Gladiators. Uh, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal day for him. And then, uh, yeah. And then it was the Mayhem and the uh, Los Angeles Gladiators to uh, duel it out. They uh, Mayhem won the first two matches, and um, it was it was almost looking like a three zero three zero sweep there. And but the Gladiators came back strong. I was able to get some tough tough fights out there and uh, come back to draw it two two. I, I think that big one was uh, yeah Florida really f- uh, fucked up on uh, es- Esperanza on the um, on the push map and uh, allowed the Gladiators to win that one. But the uh, the Mayhem uh, took charge in that uh, last one, and they won um, Map 5, of course, and they're uh, going to Seoul as well. So, the um, like I said, the six teams that are going to be going is uh, Atlanta, Boston, Florida, Hajon, 
Houston and Seoul uh, Inferno. And, um, yeah, we'll be doing a little bit review of that as well um, next week. So that's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode. Um, yeah, really uh, really excited uh, about these two tournaments coming up next week as well. Uh, and then um, on Friday, I'm going to be, uh, again, uh, there is a, my mom is a huge person, huge sports person. We're actually going to be talking uh, top five sports movies. And then, um, like I said, uh, I have her on. We'll be recapping um, game threes of uh, both the NBA finals and the uh, Stanley Cup. And uh, so I'll see you guys on uh, on fri- Friday.